0: This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Any of you been to Huntsville, Alabama? There's a famous military facility there. And there's a church there that, called the Valley Church, where Bill Plott, P L O T T, is the minister. I'm sure they have a lot of folks from the base, from the military facility at Huntsville. But he tells one of the most dramatic stories that I've heard in a long time in terms of illustrating scripture. And I wasn't prepared for the power of this story. He began by saying this, there was there were two men who died on December 8th, 2016, not too long ago, actually. And he said, I was a friend of one of them, and the other person was very famous. He said the first person, the famous person that died on that day, December 8th, 2016, was John Glenn of Ohio. United States Marine Corps aviator, engineer, astronaut, businessman, and politician. First American to orbit the earth, circling it three times in 1962. And on and on his biography goes. Everybody knows John Glenn. But virtually nobody in Ohio knows the second guy that died. His name was Ronald Burt Smith. He went to high school with the minister I quoted, Bill Plott. They played basketball together for two years, so they were not best friends, he said, but they were more than casual acquaintances. Both men died, same day, December 8th, 2016. Who was Ronald Burt Smith? Well, he'd committed murder years earlier, was on death row for 22 years. He killed a man by the name of Casey Wilson, a convenience store worker, sales clerk brutally murdered him, and spent 22 years on death row before he was executed on December 8, 2016. And I wondered, where in the world is William Plott going with this story? And here's what he said. It was powerful. He said, both men died on the same day. Both men were sinners in need of forgiveness. Both men, one was famous, one was known for great achievement, great accomplishment militarily, politically, and he died. And the other one committed murder, a brutal murder, but both men are sinners. And then he made the point, you see, the Bible says if you commit one sin, you've broken all of them. And I know that doesn't seem fair to a lot of people, because we live in a world of comparative difference. Well, John Glenn was a lot better person than Ron Smith, and he's absolutely right, he was. Well, he certainly accomplished good things in his life, he did. But I'm going to give you the most important part of the message right now up front, is that one law that we break makes us a lawbreaker. It's all it takes. And John MacArthur, I love his illustration about it. He said it would be like taking a hammer and just not hitting it hard, but just tapping on one of your windows. And all you did was barely tap that window, and the window would shatter. And it wouldn't matter that if you'd slammed the the hammer through the window or threw it through the window. All you have to do is tap that window and break it. And so if you go home with nothing else today, one law that I break of God's law makes me a lawbreaker. How do I know that? Well, if I could be so bold, and I hate doing this, but this is the truth. A number of people said this was the most powerful message they've heard in years. I want you to hear that message this week on Crossover. That's Crossover.org. It's in James, exactly where we left off before, James, the second chapter. We're preaching through this book, James 2, 10 to 13. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you don't commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone. Listen to this. This is powerful. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, some of you didn't hear verse 13. I want to read it again, and I really mean that. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I want to tell you about a wedding that didn't happen. I want to tell you about a wedding that didn't happen. Indianapolis was the dateline. The woman's name, the bride's name, was Sarah Cummins. Sarah was engaged to be married to a man by the name of Logan Orejo until a week before the wedding, they called off the wedding. It was too late to be able to cancel many of the wedding-related events, which totaled $30,000. The bride-to-be decided to not let this be a total waste and invited people from four homeless shelters to come and partake in the wedding reception that was planned, which included tasty plates of salmon and wedding cake. Other people within the community heard about this and got involved, and as well, donating suits and dresses so those attending could dress up for the event. Turned out to be a fabulous night when, for once, those less fortunate were able to live a little bit extravagantly in a special event. Sarah was quoted as saying, for me it was an opportunity to let these people know that they deserve to be at a place like this just as much as everyone else does. I think what Sarah Cummings did was an act of grace. Underline that in your mind. It was an act of grace, it was an act of mercy. She didn't have to do it. Can you imagine the average bride how angry she would be about the wedding being canceled and whatever the circumstances were behind the cancellation of the wedding? But she decided to take advantage of that moment and honor people, and bless people. Here's my question. What act of mercy have you done in your life ever? And I'm talking to me too. What have we done that people can point to and say, now that was an act of mercy and grace that they did. They didn't have to do it, but they did to put grace on people. Let me tell you what mercy is. Here's another thing you need to remember. Mercy is putting God's grace on another person. Mercy is putting grace, God's grace, on another person. I want to look at this passage of Scripture in a a way that maybe you've never thought about before. It's really a powerful passage. In fact, in my mind, one of these verses, the 13th verse, is one of the most important verses in the whole Bible. Verse 10 says, Whoever keeps the whole law, and yet stumbles at just one point, is guilty of breaking all of that. Question, can you think of one of God's laws that you've broken? I could think of several for me. Crossope.org Paul Cedar was a minister that I knew years ago who's now in his 80s. Isn't it amazing when you know people from years ago, you still picture how they look in your mind's eye and your memory, and now he's 81, 82. And he said that he counseled a man years ago who said he came up with his own system of judgment. And Paul said, what do you mean? He said, well, I think I figured out how God is going to judge me. I figured out how God is going to let me into heaven and and what, what it's going to take. I figured out the system. That's the word he used, which is pretty arrogant when you think about it. Somebody presuming to know the mind of God. But this man, in his mind, in his logic, told Paul Cedar that God takes everything we do and he takes all the good things we do and puts them on one side of the scale. You do a good thing like Sarah Cummings did, it goes on the side of the scale. Then he takes all the bad things you do, all the wicked things you've done, all the crooked, the dishonest stuff you've done, and he puts it on the other side of the scale. And then when you die, God measures the scale, both sides. And whatever side is heavier, that's how you go to heaven or go to hell. Now, I don't know what you think of that system, but I'll tell you in one word about that system. Wrong. That's not how we're judged. God doesn't take a scale and say, well, you're two pounds light on the good side. You're 10 pounds overweight on the bad side. That's not what happened. It's all we are saved, the Bible says, by grace through faith. Faith in what? In a system? No, a faith in a person. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And all it takes for me to be considered guilty of breaking the law is breaking one. That's the point of verse 10. Verse 11, for he who said, don't commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. We need to get over this idea of comparative difference. Well, I'm better than my brother. Well, my sister, we all know how she is kind of thing, and we make these judgmental statements and judgmental looks. There's has nothing to do with that. If we're guilty of breaking one of God's laws, we are considered a lawbreaker in terms of judgment. And it's all about grace, and it's all about mercy. Look at verse 12. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. I'm not trying to be melodramatic. I really am not. But there are people in this room who need to be afraid. Very afraid. Because they've lived their whole lives in judgment of other people and have shown little or no mercy to anybody. You say, how do you know that? Because I know people. And so do you that people make judgments about other people, and we don't cut slack to other people. We expect it. We want God to give us mercy, but we don't show mercy to others. And that's why I think verse 13 may be one of the most important verses in the Bible. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What in the world does that mean? Well, tomorrow on Cross Hope, we'll answer that question, what does that mean, mercy triumphs over judgment? Our website is crosshope.org, one word, crosshope.org. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Cross Hope. You come to a decision in your life about another person, you've got a choice, mercy or judgment. Judgment or mercy, back and forth. The temptation is to pass judgment and pronounce judgment over our brothers and sisters, physical brothers and sisters, socially brothers and sisters, people in general. And some people are very good at passing judgment on everybody. They really are. They're experts at it. But if we show judgment without mercy, we will be held under the same standard. And we will be judged without mercy and just shown judgment because mercy triumphs over judgment. If you've got to choose between mercy or judgment, you opt for mercy. I want to tell you a story. It's a personal story. I want to tell you my favorite thing to do at this point in my life. That sounds kind of weird but I'm going to tell you what it is. It only happens twice a year. I told Annie about this the other day, so she knows where this is going. I've got a favorite thing I do twice a year. It's when we go to Germany. It's when we go to the Stuttgart airport, and we land, and we go through passport control, and we show our passports, and I can't wait to get through that process that takes so long, and we go to baggage claim at the airport. What's different about baggage claim at the airport, at Stuttgart Airport, is this. They have a glass wall. And the people that come to pick you up and people that pick up their family members or guests or whatever the case may be are on the other side of the glass, and they can see you. But they can't get near you, and they can't even get anywhere near you. And so when we walk into the baggage claim area at Stuttgart Airport and we're getting our luggage, I see three children jumping up and down like pogo sticks. And they're so excited to see us. And I know that when they're older, they'll be standing there like toothpicks instead of pogo sticks, just bored to death that they have to pick us up. But right now they're excited to see us. That's my favorite time. My favorite time of the year, twice a year, is to see those three children and to be able to go out through the door of security of that baggage claim area and greet them and hug them and kiss them and love them and tell them how great it is to see them after six months of not seeing. So what what are you telling that story for? May I tell you what I think God's favorite time is? When he puts his grace on somebody like you or me. And he forgives us and he puts his grace and his mercy on us. That's God's favorite time. And I could be totally wrong. If I'm wrong, we'll talk about it in eternity. You can chew me out later. But that's what I believe is God's favorite time. He likes to show mercy because James says this, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You have to decide someday with somebody in your family, somebody in your circle of influence, extended family, whatever the case may be, you're going to have to opt for mercy or judgment. And you know what you've given before. You know what you've dished out before, and you know what people in your family have dished out to you before and handed out to you. Decide today, with the best of your ability, you're going to be a person who puts mercy on people. You put grace on people because that's what God does with you and with me. Our website, again, is crosshope.org. Greg Groschel is the minister of what's called, I think, Life Church in Oklahoma City. They've got like 40 locations. I don't know how a church does. I think it's 42 locations. It's unbelievably big. Craig Rochelle is known by thousands upon thousands of people and television ministry, et cetera. And he tells a confessional story that I shared part of this Wednesday at Bible study. I'm surprised he told it. I don't have the guts to tell this. I really don't. I would never admit this, what he admits. He said, just before Christmas, my whole family piled into our kid-moving vehicle and rushed to the nearest mall to grab some last-minute Christmas presents before dashing to a holiday party. As usual, we were running late and were slightly on edge. The parking at the mall parking lot was overwhelmed. You couldn't find a parking space anywhere. Some of you have been there and done that. And finally, in the distance, he saw a pickup truck back out of a parking space, and he drove as fast as he could to that direction. And just as the truck pulled out, a red sports car pulled up and went in to that parking space. And Craig Rochelle said he lost it. He rolled down his window, and he gave the driver what for. How dare you? You knew I was coming to get that, which is amazing. I I don't know how he knew He knew that the guy was taking that parking space, but that's what he said. His wife tried to calm him down. You know, we'll find another parking space. It was just an an indelicate moment, to say the least. Well, you know what happened. Later, as they were walking around the mall, they went into J.C. Penney. And the driver of the little red sports car comes up to Craig. You know what he said to him? You need help. And then he said, you need Jesus in your life. Here he's the minister of this huge church. And this guy in a red sports car says, you need Jesus in your life. And you know, Craig Groeschel just wrote one word at the bottom of the article. I get it. Ouch. What's my point in telling that story? He passed judgment on that guy who took his parking space. And I think the driver of the red sports car showed mercy when he came up and said, You need help. You need mercy. You need grace. You need Jesus in your life. Is it possible that as a church attender, somebody could come up to you or me? and say this afternoon, you need Jesus. The way you flashed that temper today, the way you flashed your anger today, the way you talked to your children today, the way you talked to your husband or wife today, you need Jesus. That could be an embarrassing moment for us all. What's the message today? James 2, 10 to 13, basically two things. You make one mistake in life, breaking one law. We're all sinners. We broke the law like the window that John MacArthur talked about. But mercy triumphs over judgment. We serve a God of mercy, a God who's willing to forgive anybody and everybody, just blanket forgiveness? No. He's willing to forgive the man, the woman, the young person who comes humbly, figuratively or literally on their knees and says, God, forgive me. God be merciful to me, a sinner. That's right out of Scripture. And you know what He does? He shows mercy to the man or woman who honestly confesses. You've been listening to Crosshope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Crosshope is listener supported and is produced by Crosshope Ministries Incorporated.